0: Welcome to 10 Minute Bible Talks, where we connect the Bible to your life in the time it takes to get to work.
1: I'm Keith Simon.
0: I'm Tanya Wilmoth.
1: And I'm Patrick Miller. On today's episode, we have a special guest sharing his favorite verse, Dr. Brian Luritz. He is the president and founder of the Kynos Movement. He's a teaching pastor at Summit Church and the author of several books, which have made a big influence on my life. One of my favorites is Right Color, Wrong Culture. I'm really excited for you to learn from Dr. Luritz today.
0: Hey, Brian Loritz here, and it is such a delight to share my favorite verse, or actually I should say verses, on this The Crossing podcast. It's a section of scripture that is tucked away in the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 3. It's one of the shorter chapters in the Bible. It is a chapter where we get a big picture of As it relates to God's heart for his people and specifically around this whole idea of what it looks like to love. I've been marinating in this passage, gosh, for about five years, and I just can't get away from it. If you're familiar with the book of Hosea, it's God just expressing his frustrations with Hosea actually in regard to his people, to Hosea, and him just saying, I'm in covenant relationship with my people, and yet they keep cheating on me by their whoring, his words, whoring after other gods. That's true of us. Every time we sin, sin isn't just sin. Sin is spiritual adultery and idolatry. It is us saying, God, you are not enough, and I am going to sidestep this relationship, And I am going to find fulfillment independent of you. In a lot of ways, that's what happens literally when a person commits adultery. They sidestep their covenant partner, God's gift to them, and they say, I'm going to find fulfillment on my own terms outside of God's provision for my life. I love the next step God takes and God's saying in so many words, I've got every right to divorce my people, but I'm not going to do that. Actually, Hosea, I want to use you to show my people how much I love them. So what I want you to do is, and here's where the story just takes a turn. I want you to marry a woman. Her name is Gomer. Chapter one, she's a prostitute. And I know you think that's strange that you, a prophet, would be with a prostitute. A man of God would be with a woman of the night. But if you think this is strange, I can do you one stranger. The fact that I, a holy God, would stoop so low as to be with you is an even stranger sight. Put in those terms, that's baffling, isn't it? That God would stoop so low as to be with Brian Loritz and all of the brokenness, all of the sin, all of the dysfunction, all of the ugliness and the things that I consistently do as the psalmist says prone to wander that's me and yet god still puts up with me that's a strange sight that a holy god who created the universe would be in relationship with me wow that's that's love and in some senses it makes me wonder how am i living out incarnating that kind of love towards others are my relationships pretty much the same or are there strangeness in my relationships? Examples of that would be do my relationships, does my dinner table, does it transgress ethnic lines? Does it transgress economic lines? Does it transgress moral lines? That's what Jesus's dinner table was. He, he stunned the religious leaders who accused him of eating with tax collectors and sinners strange. So by the time we get to chapter 3, we don't know how it happens, but it's happened. Hosea and Gomer are separated. We know that to be the case because chapter 3, verse 1, opens up by God saying, I I want you to go again. I want you to go get her. And we know that they're separated. Chapter 3 tells us because she is an adulteress, which means she's cheated on him. If I'm Hosea, I'm just thinking, wow, I didn't want to be with her in the first place. Kind of glad She did this to me. Boom, that experiment is over. And God says in so many words in chapter three, remember, Hosea, your marriage is not about your marriage. It's to be an illustration, a window to communicate my divine love to the world. And if every time you messed up, I wiped my hands clean of you and said, we're done, you wouldn't have made it out the first day. So I I need you, Hosea, to do With Gomer, what I do to you every single day, several times throughout the day, I want you to go again and go again and go again. Wow. Who are you going again with? Who do you need to take steps of forgiveness towards, reconciliation, building trust with? Who are you going again with? And so in verse 2, right on the heels of this, Hosea says, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. What's interesting here is scholars tell us the devil's in the details because Gomer is being sex trafficked and the going rate to emancipate a woman in Gomer's predicament was 30 shekels of silver. The text says that he bought her for 15 shekels and a homer and lethic of barley. Why doesn't it say he bought her for 30 shekels? answer, scholars say he didn't have 30 shekels. To emancipate the one who had wronged him cost him everything he had. It bankrupted him. I don't know about you, but this gets me to the cross. I was in bondage to sin, destined for hell, and on the cross Jesus Christ paid his 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley for me. To emancipate me, the one who had wronged him, cost our Lord and Savior everything he had. Wow. To apply this, who are you paying a cost for? Who in your life are you paying your 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley for? I think the problem with how we view community and relationships, we want Nordstrom-quality community at thrift store prices. We just don't like to be inconvenienced. But the nature of love, I heard one pastor say, it means to be inconvenienced for the convenience of others. That's why Galatians 6 tells us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Who are you paying a price for? If it isn't costing you, it's not love. I love how the text ends after he emancipates her. He tells her. You must not play the whore. He gives her a standard. And this is important because biblical love isn't this spineless thing that we would call tolerance, right? Tolerance is a part of the plausibility structure of our culture. But it's such a low ethic. I tolerate you. Christians aren't called to tolerate. We're called to love, and love has a standard. But notice the sequence. Notice he emancipates her first, and then he gives her the standard. Had he given her the standard first and then emancipated her, He would have made Gomer's emancipation conditional upon her performance and obedience. But instead, he emancipates her first and then gives her the standard so that her obedience isn't in the category of duty. It's actually in the category of of delight. And this is the gospel, right? God doesn't come to the children of Israel while they're in bondage and say, hey, look, I'm going to open up the Red Sea. But before I do that, here's 10 commandments. Do these things well. If I'm pleased with your performance, I'll open it up. No, he opens the Red Sea first and then gives them. The Ten Commandments, so that their obedience again would be in the category of delight and not duty. Or take Romans 2 4. Romans 2 4 says, It is God's kindness that leads to our repentance. It is never our repentance that leads to God's kindness. I just want to say this as we close. This will be the last thing there's a lot of opportunities today for you to show this kind of love for me to show this kind of love to people, but we will never show this kind of love unless we first see ourselves as Gomer. We are Gomer. We're the ones cheating on God. We are the ones breaking his heart. We're the ones walking in sin. We're the ones who find ourselves at various points in bondage to sin Self-righteous people who never get in touch with their inner Gomer will never show this kind of love. I pray that you and I never lose touch with our inner Gomer and the reality of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Hosea 3, it's haunting me in a good way, and I, I pray the same for you. God bless you.